Welcome to the Building Heroes Podcast, where we learn to build heroes in our homes to help our kids be prepared for their life journeys. Hi, I'm your host, Molly Christensen, and I love to encourage and mentor you on your path. Welcome to episode number 88 of the Building Heroes Podcast. And this one's going to be a little bit different because what I wanted to do was share a guest training that we had in our Hero Journey membership because I just felt like, well, for one, it's been summertime, so I haven't had as many podcasts. We'll get back into that soon, but also just because I love this message of family communication. I think that's a great message that we can all benefit from these days. So um, if you want to learn more, and I know that there's a um, diagram referenced in this podcast. You can watch it on YouTube or you can check out crazycoolfamily.com to find out more information about what that looks like. So here we go. Okay, welcome. I know that people are going to be watching this on the recording later on. So I'm excited that we have Don and Suzanne Manning here today from Crazy Cool Family. And it's pretty cool how much we have in common because (laughs) my husband's name is Don. We both have seven kids. (laughs) And earlier we found out that our age range is about the same too. And our oldest daughter is named Molly. Yeah. (laughs) That's really funny. But yeah. So um, I was introduced to you guys or connected with you guys, I guess, by a common friend. And so I am so excited that you agreed to come on and do a little guest training for our audience here. So um, why why don't I just turn it over to you? You guys can introduce yourselves and then we're going to talk about family communication because that is an important topic for sure. Did I just share my screen? I'm not sure if I did or not. Um, I don't think I see it. Okay, good. Because I, I didn't mean to, but I did want to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't erase you. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So thanks for having us. For um, sure. Yeah. We are in the Dallas Fort Worth area. So, um, and we've been in this area for many, many years. We've lived, both of us lived all our lives here, have raised our seven kids here and, um, have, about to send our sixth one to college. Yep. Um, and so I got one left at home that we're telling him now how we're going to so overparent him because we've had, you know, he'll be the only one left in the house. And so we're all over him now. We're like, I mean, he's like, oh, I think I'll just stay upstairs. <laughs> Y'all don't worry about it. But now we've um, uh, had a good time raising uh, seven kids. And um, um, my wife, Suzanne, we've been married for 30 years. We, uh, started out with a, we got married, we started out with a two-year-old, so we became a instant family and, um, uh, you know, worked through those, have had six kids together, um, our three girls and then three boys. So we have literally four girls and then three boys. We just basically three girls and then we flipped the gender and had three boys together. So. 
and then we um, we've had an education journey. I um, was went to school to be a school teacher, and so um, people at our church had started homeschooling, and so we thought that we would do that too. So we got got scooped up into a homeschool community, which was amazing. I loved that season. Um, and then we found a, a, a pretty incredible school that was just two days a week, so it was a good hybrid. Um, they were giving the instructions to the kids, but then the kids would still be home three days a week, which I loved because that was a season of me being pregnant or nursing a lot. <laughs> and so it helped to have somebody else carrying that instructional burden. Um, and then we had a couple kids that actually had some learning disabilities. Um, and so that school wasn't, it was a, it was a pretty high level classical. They were using, um, curriculum from, uh, the, like a college level curriculum. And I didn't, we didn't think that would be a success. And so we went to a, a private school and I actually, um, became on staff there and taught some Bible classes and was the girls counselor. And so kind of traveled with my kids where they went along the way with their um, education. But, and then now our last child is actually in public school. And so we have literally done the gamut from homeschooling to private school to public school. Mm -hmm. So in the meantime, I've been, you know, working as in a, in a career mode and uh, we got, we were super involved in a, in the same church for 30 years, same community. Um, it's just been, you know, a pretty, um, uh, in some ways, a very normal, you know, just husband working career, wife at home, raising the kids, a lot of different schooling options. The weirdness is always, as you know, Molly, seven kids and, you know, and people look at you like you're crazy and, and what, do you know what causes that? And <laughs> yeah, all the questions you, you had you that question. You oh, know, yeah. <laughs> don't you know how to stop that? Yeah. Like, well, we don't know that we want to. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, I like them. <laughs> I, like, I like them. Yeah. I like all of that. Yeah. But, um, I would say that, you know, the other part of our story is that uh, the first, I always, I kind of talk about our parenting in decades because there was decade number one when it was just kind of a blur. But I would say during that time, we were super involved in our church. We were homeschooling and really, you know, we were, I would say we were the parents that wanted to be, and I really connect with your ministry about how, you know, what they learn is not as, as important as how they learn and all the different things. We were just talking about how, PE for you guys is going the ski slopes and things Brilliant. like that. It's just wonderful. <laughs> but, you know, I think our first decade, we were like, we are going to be the perfect Christian parent. Our kids are going to obey. You know, we're going to protect them. You don't spend the night with this kid. We're going to watch everything you do. And, and, and that, you know, there's a lot of good in that. And I think a lot of homeschool Christian parents get into that mode. But honestly, Molly, we kind of felt like we were getting a little legalistic. As we went down the road, it was too much about performance, too much about, and, and honestly, we saw some parents, a lot of them in our homeschool community, that as our kids got older, they were losing those kids, and they rejected the God that was really strict, and, um, you know, I've I, always been a teacher at heart. If they did something wrong, I was going to tell them. If they did something wrong again, I was going to tell them again, all in with the best, with their best interest at heart, you know, right. and so... I think we had a little shift happen when we were in, and I always say that, you know, Suzanne was always ahead of me in our shifts. Um, and, I'm you know, a little just, I'm just a little bit more relational, not so type A, not the achiever, not the rule follower at all. Like right. rules are not for me. And so it was a, it was a good um, compliment and contrast. Yeah. And she's being gracious to me too. And that just, in that, 
but I think it was, I always say that to the to dads, especially, you know, if you'll become a student of your wife instead of her critic, you'll be amazed at what you learn about family because, you know, uh, our wives tend to be more, tend to be more relational, tend to be, you know, more uh, nurturing and, and, you know, God made us that way in so many ways. But I think we, what we figured out in that second decade is, is we kind of made, did a little experiment and said, what if we quit worrying about the outside so much and started really connecting with their hearts and really started to go deep with them and, and um, not worry so much about what they were doing as who they were becoming. And, um, and especially with our daughters, you know, it was, it was, um, it was become more encouraging, become more inspiring, become more connective, um, learn how to listen better and all these things. And, and the most amazing thing happened, our girls really responded to it. I mean, they, they responded to it and they um, were just started to love Jesus on their own. They started to connect with us better. We built some bridges through the relationships with their sisters. They started to um, just be a light, have more confidence. So many things were happening that were good. And, um, and that led to people, you know, saying, okay, just like we were asking questions, we would find parents that we really liked their kids and we would latch so on to what them. What are you doing? Yeah, come on, <laughs> tell us what's going on. And so we'd learn from them a lot. And uh, now those parents were, parents were coming to us and going, hey, your teenagers are different. They love the Lord. They love each other. They love you. What are you doing? And we were like, we don't know. We're just following Jesus. And we really didn't have a way. But we felt like this Lord said, um, write it down. You, there is something special going on here. And, and you said, you know, we saw a lot of families where their kids were falling apart and their families were falling apart. And that wasn't happening to us. And, um, you know, it wasn't like our kids were perfect. Um, you know, I can tell you, we were just talking the other day about a trip our family made to Horn Creek Camp, as family, in, camp. family camp, and it was an absolute disaster by the end of it. My oldest daughter and I were yelling at each other, and I mean, she was this bratty 17-year-old teenager, and I was... I'd had it up to my eyeballs with all the family, you know, and so it wasn't perfect by any ways, but there was just something different. And God was doing a great work, and he just said, write it down so you can pass it along. You know, and as you know, Molly, the gift of family is just this amazing gift. And, um, and Well, and that's where we felt like that we were given this gift. We were given, you, I just feel like that you've been given the gift too. This, the, these relationships that are intact, that you enjoy your kids, your kids value you, they honor you. And um, like Don said, we were looking around and there were families that that wasn't the case. And so we said, okay, we want to give the gift that we feel like God's given us to these families because we believe that family is the most important um, unit that God has placed on this earth to, to, to spread, you know, his kingdom, to share his kingdom, to share who uh, Jesus is. And what is. was amazing to me about it is, is that what was actually very troubling to me about it was these were great parents that this was happening. I mean, good parents, solid parents, parents that had, the best interest of the Well, they kids were involved. In they weren't neglecting their kids. They weren't abusing their kids. And so nothing like that was happening. They just weren't connecting with their kids. And that's what we thought, okay, what is it that we're doing that's connecting to our kids that's working? And then write that down. And then how do we share that with other parents? Because we, we, we know that they want to, especially in the homeschool community, you want to connect with your kids. 
more than anything else. I mean, that's one of the reasons that you're choosing to educate them at home because you want, you've got the time and the energy and the, and the resources, if you will, and the, all the things that you need to, to mold and shape them at that very high level. And so many times we miss it. What is it you say all the time we're doing? Well, like I, I just think that a lot of parents are working hard at some of the wrong things. Yeah. And so, and, and it's not about working, you know, it's not like getting our parents to work harder. Every parent we talk to, 99% of them are, are working hard enough. They're working at their career. They're going to the ball games. They are trying their best. They're, you know, they're trying to get involved in church. They're homeschooling, whatever it is. <clears throat> and yet um, we saw distance happening between the teenager and God and the teenager and the parents and the teenager and the siblings. And we're like, you know what? That's not what we want for our family, and it's not what we want for any family in the church. How do we, how do we help them? And so, being teachers that we are, we started to write down some things that we learned <clears throat> over time. And I remember being, you know, um, I was a coach. I coached a lot of sports teams, uh, <laughs> basketball, baseball, all that stuff. And I just said, you know, I wish that somebody would write me a playbook a playbook for how to do a Christian family. And, and uh, you know, we were, this was pre-internet, so we were going to seminars, reading books, talking to families, a lot of networking. But in that second decade, we just started to write down some things that we learned and try to organize it. And the first thing we did, we tried to organize it into a class. So, and, and we did that. We taught a 12-week class at our church, and we, you know, started teaching the parents of our church because that was the best way for us to give back was through the local church. We really believe in the local church and believe that it's a true vessel for, for God to work through. And um, so that led to, uh, long story, now making it short, we, somebody <laughs> said, hey, you guys have got to write a book, and you can relate to that. So we did that and released it in 2018, and that's led to creating the 501c3 ministry, Crazy Cool Family. And now we just, I, literally two weeks ago, I left my job. And now this is what we do. You know, this is, um, we, you know, Suzanne doesn't do it all the time because she still has seven kids and grandkids and everything Because they else. grow up, but they don't go away, right? I mean, <laughs> right. you realize that, yeah. So all you parents out there that are waiting for your kids to grow up, just side note, they don't go away. They're still there. And it's wonderful. Right. And the relationships are amazing. They're even more, it's an adult-adult relationship now, so it's fabulous. But it's not like you've all of a sudden got so much more time because they're still there. Yeah. So yes, they are. yes, they are. <laughs> and we're glad about yeah. that. Yes, we are. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, that's our story, you know. And... Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I love a lot of the things that you're saying. In fact, um, my husband and I have also been married for 30 years. So there's another thing in common. Oh. And I have four girls and three boys. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But mine are more uh Every other. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. But yeah, I, I think what you said is spot on is that parents care about their, their kids so much, but maybe a lot of those parents are working at the wrong things. And yeah, we're busy. Like parents are busy. There's a lot to do on it. And just being a parent is a huge responsibility, which we know, but it's so worthwhile because of the results. But at the same time, you know, sometimes it can be very frustrating for sure. So that's why, you know, I love what you're saying is, you know, parents are working hard at the wrong things, but the right things are creating those connections. Right. So 
that's what we need to know. How do we, how do you do this? Yeah. Well, yeah. and so, and even like, um, when I say it, I mean, a lot of parents then, and we have to overcome this a lot, especially with homeschool parents, with strong Christian parents, because the man, they beat themselves up a lot. And so because we're never doing enough. And so and it leads to a lot of frustrations and, oh, I can never protect my kids enough. You know, I'm always worried about the Internet and all the things and that's going to happen and their friendships and everything else. And, you know, how do you connect? And, and, and when I tell those parents, look, some of those things you're doing are good and some things you're doing are at good levels. You know, sometimes we need to just tweak the level of protection is good over protection, not good. Yeah. And so it's not that protection in itself is bad. It's like, so how do you connect? Some of the connection is just to relax. <laughs> you know, I mean, a lot about connection is just, man, uh, and, and the overachieving parents have a hard time with this. But I mean, it's like, you know, Jesus wasn't in a hurry and Jesus wasn't mad all the time. And Jesus wasn't frustrated with what was happening. You know, he got frustrated with his disciples. I mean, and yet he took 12 men, 11, I guess, if you discount Judas, that, you know, that, that were just unschooled fishermen and really not very smart in so many ways. And he took them and they changed the world because he connected with them. He inspired them. He said, Hey, Peter, you're my rock. You're going to go build my church. And even after Peter failed him, he said, you're still my rock. And, and Peter went out and changed the world. And when we start to parent like that, then we start to really have our kids. Um, you know, I'll give you an example. I, I went to lunch with um, Maddox, who's about to go to college, my last lunch with him the other day. And we were joking when I was going to lunch and I said, Oh, oh now I need to tell you all the things now. I haven't told you in 18 years. This is our last <laughs> lunch, okay? And we're going to talk about you know, money and sex and alcohol and drugs. And, 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 yeah, and how to clean your room and all this stuff. And we just laughed about all the things I haven't told him in life or should tell him more. But at the end of the lunch, you know, I just said, Maddox, you're going to crush it in college. You, you know? have what it takes. Yeah, exactly. You're ready. You know, you're you're. You're a godly man. You you love the Lord. You you're, you're confident. You're you're taller than me. You know you're you're all these things. I said you're just gonna crush it in college, and because that's what he needs to hear. You know he doesn't need to hear. Be careful of this. Watch this. You know that's that those days are done. I mean he either knows it or he doesn't. He needs to be inspired to go crush the next level, and that's what connect. That's just an example I think of what connections about. Yeah, I love that because too, really what you're saying is we got to believe in our kids Yeah, and and it's okay if they make mistakes. I think too often we feel like they, you know, if they make mistakes, then we're failing as parents. No, <laughs> it's actually an opportunity to get to parent and train them better. Every time a parent comes to me and says, my kid made this huge mistake, I'm like, yay, good. That's perfect. Good. Because now you can, we learn from what we messed up on. We don't learn from what's smooth and easy. We don't learn we, that that stuff just kind of comes in and becomes a part of us. But when we mess up, it's like about face different, you know, oh, let's learn, let's change, let's be different here. And so I love that. One of the things that we hear from parents all the time is I can't, like I can't basically build my kid's ego. I can't build them up. I, they're going to get the big head. They're going to, and it's like, no, 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 no. That's, that's the world's thinking. What if you did kingdom thinking? What if you thought, no, I'm going to build my, I'm going to give my child everything they need. 
when Jesus was baptized and he came up out of the water, he, God said from the sky, this is my son whom I love, with him I'm well pleased. If we do that with our kids, if we tell them all the time, you're my son, you're my daughter, I love you, I'm so pleased with you. If that's the track that's running in their head, then when the world comes at them with you're fat, you're ugly, you're stupid, you're dumb, you're whatever it is, you're good, you're, you're slow, you're, you know, you're not any good at this sport or whatever, then the track that's gonna fight that back with, no, I'm loved. I'm, you know, I am seen, I am known, my mom, you know, my dad, they adore me. So that's what that's one of the ways that we would advise to connect with your child is to go ahead and encourage them. Go ahead and build them up. Go ahead and give them what they need so that they don't have to get it from the world because they're not going to. Yeah, the, yeah. The, it really is a flip for most Christian parents because we're so concerned with the outside of protecting the outside that we, we lack our focus on the inside. And so one of the things we, we decided that what we found in that second decade is that, you know, um, we decided, we, we found that we were, we were, the more we focused on relationship and actually there's two words we talk about a crazy cool family relationships and culture relationships being, you know, how you connect, but the culture being the, how the environment, the atmosphere, I think in one of your, your three helps, you talk about creating the environment. I can't remember the exact phrase. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that's what we, but that's one of our two key. We have two key words at crazy cool family. It's relationships and culture that you're focused on relationships and culture is like a greenhouse in that way in your home you're building this atmosphere this environment so that these relationships can thrive and flourish and our you know the vision of crazy cool family is is that the, the you know that your the, the your home will be uh, the function of your relationships i didn't get the right words in that but i mean that that the you know the strength of your family will be determined there it comes it was the strength, <laughs> of, the strength of your family will be determined not not maybe but it will be determined by the strength of your family relationships in fact you know if you if you if i can share my screen for a minute i will just go through a little handwritten diagram that we do if that's okay yeah yeah that's uh, great let me, let me pull it up here and um can you see my screen yes yes we can and so we call this our, we call it the family dashboard. And it's kind of like um, in the car, you've got all your different things on the dashboard to tell you what's going on and, and you know, where you're going and, and how your vehicle's doing and all of that. And so for this, this is a um, kind of a dashboard of all the relationships in your family. And so obviously the first relationship is God. I mean, that's our biggest relationship. He's our creator. He is um, our main focus. And then you've got the husband and wife relation or the husband and wife. These are the, the what we would call the players in the game, right? Yeah. These, are the, these are the family members. And then, yeah. And also if there's a single parent, single parents can have crazy cool families. I mean, you know, it, it's a God meant for us to be married and have all this structure happening, but we can also, um, do it with single parents as well. And so this is husband, wife, kid one, kid two. And then Molly, for us, we would have kid three, four, five, <laughs> six, seven, and it gets quite complicated. And so then this is the fun part. These are the players. And now we start connecting the lines. And so you've got the husband to God and the wife to God. We have our own relationship with God, independent of each other. And then we have the husband and wife, the marriage relationship, which is so valuable and foundational. And literally, when we do seminars like this, we get 
we get our parents with crayons and construction paper and they draw their own family doing this because we'll explain why in just a minute. Well, and we highly recommend you guys that are watching right now that um, you guys do this too. Get a piece of paper and put all the players and your family in there and start drawing your lines. And so the husband has a relationship with each and every child. And then the wife has their own relationship with each and every child. And we call that the parent to kid relationship. And then this is probably one of our favorite lines, the kid to kid relationship. We say at Crazy Cool Family, um, siblings um, can and should be best friends for life. And we've, we've found that to be true. And Molly, I bet your kids are the same way that you've knit them together. So they're just best friends. They're like, they're, we're, all, we're all sad that Maddox is leaving for college and we're all thrilled that Maddox is gonna have his next step. And then this is the line that I would say is the most important line. This is the kid to God line. And we as parents, we get the biggest influence in this line. We are the ones that get to write Jesus on our kids' hearts first. We're the ones that introduce him to them. And as parents, our pastor said just this week, parents, parent your children, show them Jesus, show them who he is and how important he is and how valuable he is. And that's what that relationship is. Well, and the reason we call it our dashboard is because so go those lines, so goes your family. You know, if those lines are all connected, there's actually five different types of relationships in your home, parent to God, marriage, parent to kid, kid to kid, kid to God. And when you, when we, what we found in that second decade is we were, we had shifted from looking at the outside to managing. So for example, if a problem came up, it was like, oh, let's get into that kid's heart. Right. And let's figure out the why behind it. Let's, is it a relational problem? Is it a confidence problem? What is the issue? So we could go back and solve it at the core. If two siblings were fighting, we said, okay, what's the source of this conflict? And so we started managing the relationship instead of managing the problem. And the more we started managing these lines, the better our family became, basically. And starting with, you know, our relationship to God, because, you know, the, the best thing a parent can do is become a good son or daughter yeah, of, the of the king. You know, the best thing they can do is get healthy themselves. So often our parents are so focused on the kids they neglect themselves, and actually, when they can do that parent-to-God relationship well and the marriage well, then then great things happen in the family. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It, you know, and it it can look really complicated, but if you look at each person, the, it's not like they have to manage all of these, except for maybe the parents feel like they do. But yeah. <laughs> but like you're saying, sometimes we have to relax a little bit and allow it to go too, but we still need to teach. Oh, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And really, and, and, and still need to connect, you know, so when we work on, yes, you know, even, you know, when our kids would fight with one another, oh, it sounds like you need to play more together. Right. Because, you know, you, you obviously need to practice playing together. Because, <laughs> getting along. <laughs> because not getting along is not going to be the standard. Getting along is going to, and in fact, investing in one another is going to be the standard. And, um, you know, and just like, for example, if our kid had an issue with school or with another person, oh, how does that connect back to their relationship with God? What is God trying to teach them? In fact, can, how can we help them learn how God's trying to teach them? 
and and I think I know you see it because you're you're wired that way, and I hope your parents see it too because so often we're focused on oh I need to go talk to that teacher or I need to go talk to or you that know coach or yeah that, yeah and in real or you know in or reality we think our we you know Suzanne was talking about being critical of our kids and so often we're we're putting into them um, that they're not enough. Yeah. And then they start to believe that. I can come out. I was going to say, stop sharing our screen now. <laughs> um, I think you can just, yeah. Yeah, that's so good because I think a lot of times the go to is to shame our kids into better behavior, partly because maybe we feel ashamed as parents. And, oh, so you know, bad. that's what the world says. But instead, yeah. That's what I love to say is, wow, it looks like you have a learning opportunity here. You know, <laughs> how can we learn right. from this? Like when I walk into a kid's messy room or something, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So keep on going. This is well, great. <laughs> and so um, what we what we did with, you know, we, we, we did that. We said, hey, let's um, let's show them a family dashboard because that that was the result of what we thought. I mean, we managed to the relationship and we build our family to the relationships. We just found that we were having great success and everyone got along better. The family flowed better. The kids had more confidence. They were because, um, uh, you know, they were built up and they were loved. Have you ever heard of, um, have you ever heard of the comedian, Tim Hawkins? Uh, I don't know if I have. My husband might have. <laughs> very clean comedian. He actually, he actually, in many ways, makes fun of homeschoolers a lot. There, but they, they homeschool. But they homeschool. Yeah, they so were, it's not so like they, one of us. <laughs> yeah, family, friends. Uh, they, we've known him for a long time. He's on YouTube a lot. Got you know lots of. But he has a brother too that uh, that helped build his business and helped build his comedy. And I remember we knew their parents, and both of them were just two all-star guys. Just, I mean, both of them were great baseball players. They were um, very, very talented, strong believers, just everything about them. And so one time we asked, I asked Todd, the brother, I said, uh, hey, what did your parents do? Because they were two, his parents were two school teachers, you know, just uh, they weren't CEOs of some company or what, you know, some driven person or whatever. And he just said, you know, my parents adored us. My parents thought we hung the moon and we therefore just felt like we could do no wrong. We felt like we could conquer anything. And I was like, wow, that's what we're talking about. You know, and like Suzanne says, so many parents think that we're going to actually harm our kids by giving them strong identities and making them feel good about themselves. Like they need to feel bad, like you were saying, Molly, they need to feel bad about themselves in order to approve. I don't know how well that works actually. You know, well, it doesn't work for me. I mean, when I feel good about myself, I'm so much more productive and life giving and encouraging versus when I'm beating myself up in my own head. And she's I think a much we, better wife. too. <laughs> and I think we I think like one of that we learned this along the way with one of our kids because she was a perfectionist. And I remember her coming in at one point in time with her math book that she had done and she's in tears and she laid it down and she says, I have been lying all year long. I have not been doing my math. I do not understand it. I've been looking at the answers in the answer book when I was checking it. And she goes, and I feel terrible about it. And so we could have come down hard on her, but she was beating herself up and had been beating herself up so much all year long that we're like, oh yeah, bummer. Oh, I hate that for you. Guess what? We're going to start back at this math book and we're going to do it all again. So you learn it, but okay. 
You know, I mean, just you're, you're smart. You can do this. You don't need to, you don't, you didn't need to look at the answers. You're going to figure it out. This is good for you. This is good for your brain. Just, just all the things. And I think sometimes is, um, as parents, we get caught up in wanting to, I don't know, direct our children. Definitely. We, we need to do that and we want to do that. But a lot of the times I think we might want to control them. And what I see instead is for us to come along beside them. And my, my kids would say all the time, you know, something along the lines of, you know, help me with my, help me with my third grade homework or do my third or whatever. And I'd be like, I've already been through third grade. You know, I've, I've already done that. It's your time to go through third grade and you're going to be great at it. And you're going to do so good. I had a couple of boys that were not good at spelling. And so, and, and I would just say, that's okay. You know, you're going to, you'll figure it out. Your brain's going to click. You're going to, instead of, wow, why can't you get this? Why, why is this so hard for you? Why does this take so much time? Just being on the encouraging side and seeing, seeing, because that's what we get to do as parents, you know, as moms, we actually get to see who they are and who God's created them to be and, and, and their brain and their character and their heart. We get to see that. And so between where they are and what we see is a big gap that we get to pull them into it and call them into it with our words and actions. And so, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's just such a, and you're, you can relate to this, but it's, it's such a, um, a thinking shift. Of, I, I, we tell parents all the time, your kids are amazing. Yeah, believe your, it. Your kids I mean, are absolutely amazing. Why do we know that? Because God created them. Yeah. And so they, God doesn't make stuff that's not amazing. I mean, just look at nature, look at everything. And, and so why not treat them as amazing? You know, why not bring the amazingness out of them? It's almost like we think we have to make them amazing. Oh, and in reality, you know, that's not true. All we're really doing is, is bringing it out. And, um, and so, and then, so, you know, just going on to kind of what we, how we do that, we started looking at how that happens and what, what makes that happen versus not happen. And um, over time, you know, and, and you were talking about how parents beat themselves up and stuff. You know, it's one of the things we say is we learned this over decades. So, you know, parents, it's okay if you're just now starting to grasp this or whatever. But we found some values that we thought, we call it our four pillars of culture that we think are super important in how you create that environment. And one of the things Suzanne just alluded to was to become an encouraging parent versus a critical parent. Where in, in crazy cool family language, we talk about, you know, encourage extravagantly and correct carefully. And, and that's a flip of what most parents think because um, they think, oh, if I encourage too much, it's going to harm my kid. That's what we really believe. But in reality, and, but I need to get on to them so they'll do what's right. And, and in reality, um, the flip we think works a lot better. or it, it has for us and for many parents that we've taught over the years. Yeah, yes. I, love the, I love the word encourage because it's to put courage into. I mean, and that's what you're talking about building heroes. That's what we're doing. We are we're making courageous, you know, mighty warriors that can problem solve anything that the world throws at them. And so that's what encouragement does. It's a it's a superpower that as parents we get to do. And I mean, and if we don't as parents, then they're going to go find somebody that will. 
you know, whether it's a peer or a, a coach or a teacher. And I think so many times that's how our kids get misled because they're not getting encouraged and built up enough at home. So they're looking for it somewhere else. So, yes. Do you see that happening with your homeschool parents? Do you see them struggling with that, being more critical, wanting to be more encouraging? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that happens pretty much with every single parent out there is, you know, you kind of know it's wrong to be so critical and coming down hard on the kids and, and each other and ourselves. And, yes. and that's actually probably where it starts is we're probably yes. really hard on ourselves right? as yeah. parents. But yeah, and that's definitely something that I love to encourage parents to do because, you know, encouraging. <laughs> uh, and I even made up a word for this too. I was like, you guys become encourage mentors. Oh, <laughs> oh that's <yeah>. good. <laughs> because that's what we're trying to do is we don't have to be teachers of all the things. We, you know, we got to teach some things, but really we're just guiding them. We're mentoring them along their paths. And encouragement is way more powerful than saying, nope, stop. You did that all wrong do it again, you know, being all critical, you've messed up. I don't know if you're going to make it, you know, exactly. that's depressing. Because <laughs> right. you know, they're thinking that I messed up. I don't know if I'm going to make it. So we say that it now solidifies that doubt in their mind. Yes. I love the encourage mentor. That's yeah. brilliant. Well, and even the whole deal about building heroes at home, uh, you know, what if our kids think they can be a hero? Yeah. You know, in, in yeah. the way God made them, um, you know, Man, you were a hero. You were an all. I use the word all star all the time with my kids now, and I I wasn't like that. You know, when I first started parenting, because I felt like if they were doing something wrong, I needed to tell them about it to help them. Mm -hmm. and, and now it's like it's much harder for them to get. Uh, certainly much harder for me to be angry with them because I realize the danger of anger is another yeah. thing that happens with critical spirits, you know, but, um, but also just, you know, being careful, trying to get them to come to their own conclusions. You know, um, as an example, the, uh, my, our 16 year old plays football. And so this was probably a year and a half ago. I, I really wanted him to learn work ethic I didn't feel like the work ethic was there for him to be as good as he needed to be. And I didn't want to be that parent. I'm not very good at it for one thing, but I didn't want to be that parent that was on him all the time. Hey, did you get your workout done? Hey, did you get your workout done? Did you practice your speed drill? Did you do this? Blah, 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 you know, on and on and on. And so, um, and so I got him a trainer and a good friend of ours and a great football trainer. And I said, uh, and I was pay and I uh, had a check in my hand that was going to be designed to pay him for several months of training. So, you know, all in one big check rather than do it, you know, every week or every month or whatever. And so we were driving to the deal and I just said, Hey, McCade, look at this check. And he looked at it and he's like, wow, dad, that's a lot of money. And I said, you know what? That I said, I'm going to tell you something. First of all, you're worth this. You're worth every dollar that I'm putting in here. And I like investing in you and uh, I, I, and I believe in you. This is it. And however, you know, as we go here, I want to make sure that you want to invest in football and in yourself. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, part of, you know, part of your responsibility as a football player is to work hard on your own. 
And so I, I want to challenge you to do that, to be your best, because I believe you can do it. I don't believe I need to be that parent that's going to be on you all the time and going to have to do this. And I believe that you want it for yourself. And so and that was it. That was, this, and, and, you know, he's like, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't get a, you know, I didn't get a, you know, I didn't get a, a Rocky. <laughs> Dad, you're I, yeah, amazing. You're incredible. Yeah, you're so smart. I didn't hear Rocky music <laughs> or anything, you know. But, um, but, you know, over the next few months, he's a hard worker now. And he has decided that that is something he wanted to instill. I never tell him to go work out. He, but he does it every day. If it's 110 degrees here in Texas, out in the barn, here he is out there lifting weights. You know, so though that's the kind of things I think that encouragement does for our kids. Yeah, that's so good. And I have a son that plays football too. Not surprisingly, at this point. <laughs> And I also have a daughter who did the same thing with math. So that's fun. Yeah. That, yes. Isn't yeah. it? What a, what a fun journey that we are on. A <laughs> parallel journey. Yes. Yeah, that's so wonderful. I, I mean, I love that so much because really it's just like you're saying, the world is going to beat them down and their own voices in their own heads are going to beat them down. We don't have to add to that and we can totally encourage them and adore them and love them and be proud of them. And when they mess up, that's okay. Come and along we, beside them. Yep, yeah, we give you permission parents to love your children at the level that you've been designed to love them and not believe the world that says, "No, you've got to criticize them and, you know, get them in trouble." And yeah. Well, and you always say, Suzanne, that we're supposed to be our children's biggest cheerleader. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, if I, I found that I actually had a really hard time when I first started trying to encourage my children, because I did have a lot of those negative thoughts in my head about myself right. and the doubts. So I really did kind of, you know, what comes first, chicken or the egg. But I, as I was working on encouraging them, I had to start working on encouraging myself too at the same time, because, you know, Most the whole time I'm thinking... I I'm yeah, a bad no. parent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I remember, I can't even remember where it came from, but it was, a, it was a while ago. And I just remember somebody saying that we struggle with, you know, self-worth, self-love, loving ourselves. And so they said, every time you pass a mirror, stop, smile at yourself and say, I love you. I mean, and it's like the goofiest thing ever, but it's like, it's been so ingrained that I do that all the time now. Pass a mirror and I'm like, Oh, hi, I love you. <laughs> you know, And so it does. I love it that you brought that up, Molly, that we've got to retrain what's going on in our own head so that then we can say it out, out loud to those in our family, those that we love, those, the cash register lady, you know, at the grocery store, just everybody, everybody needs encouragement. Absolutely. So, yes, you know, it really is a, it's a mind shift and it, you know, even the flip side of that is, is also, um, being a listening parent as well. And, and along with yeah, that, yeah. We, we call that, you know, we call it being in a safe haven, creating yeah. a safe haven in your home so that, you know, Suzanne says a lot that we, we bring our kids in and we wash the world off of them so we can send them out refreshed. And isn't that just a great, you know, I, I just, whenever, I feel like I've spent most of my life writing down what Suzanne says so I can share it with others. But, uh, but that was just one of them, you know, and, and she also says about that, you know, if you'll listen to them when they're five, they'll talk to you when they're 15, that you're always developing this listening relationship that honestly, we're not very good at, you know, most of us aren't. I, I'm a talker. I want to teach. I want to tell you my opinion. I want to, 
I usually know what you're going to say before <laughs> when you're halfway. Yeah. And I'm sometimes right, but you know, but man, learning to be a listening parent has taken me miles in my parenting. And it's so much fun because they're their own little people with their own little thoughts. And I've learned so much from my children, the way they approach things and the way they problem solve and the way they see things. It's so much fun to, to say, well, so, well, what are you thinking about that? And why did you do that? And help me understand that. And to see it from their perspective, it, it really and is so much really fun. And what's really fun now uh, is to do it with grandchildren. Because now, <laughs> we you have know, those. do you have that, any of those yet? I don't yet. Okay. All right. You just wait. You're going to love it. I know. I'm excited. I didn't know how to listen to my, especially my young girls. And I mean, my boys, I got better at it when they were younger, but uh, listening to my grandkids has been incredible. I mean, like talking to my three-year-old grandson and just letting him talk. Or like we've got a two-year-old granddaughter, Everly, and she just turned two. And so she doesn't really know a lot of words. And we'll say, Everly, tell us a story. And she'll go, I love, blah, 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 blah. You know, and it's just, I mean, it's like, I just am building that, that relationship that when she's 10, tell me a story when she's 15, tell me what's going on in your life. You know, if I'm still around when she's 20, what's God doing in your life? You know, just to go ahead and just go ahead and building that foundation right now with, with safe questions, with, um, curiosity. I think that that's huge with parents to be interested in our, and to be interested in what our kids are doing and interested in what our kids think. Instead of interruptions, instead of lectures, you know, or not having time. Suzanne looked at the definition of a lecture and it's called, it it says it's a long, tedious reprimand, you know, (laughs) ever by anybody. (laughs) Yeah. So, so, uh, and, and getting parents to listen more. We, you know, she was the, she said she was the counselor at Christian school. And so many young ladies would come up to her and say, I've got this problem. And her first question was, well, have you talked to your mom about it? Have you talked to your parents about it? And they would always say, no, I would never tell my mom. I mean, my mom would freak out. She'd she'd yell at me. She'd ground me. I'd be in trouble. And I just, I mean, and it goes back to what we were saying, missed opportunity, parent. You missed it. You know, you want, mm-hmm. you want it. We, you know, we listen to our kids when they're little bitty so that they'll talk to us when they're, when the real stuff happens. Like we don't really care what's going on in Lego world. You know, we don't care, you know, about Barbie, whatever they're playing. We don't care about that. But if we, choose to care and show them that we care that when the things do go on when they've seen something on the internet or when they've had an interaction with a friend that's negative or uh, been exposed to something that's what we want to hear about that's where we want to speak the wisdom and truth that god's given if they us. cheat in math all if they year. cheat <laughs> we want to know that <laughs> yeah, and, and really and then seeing those problems for where they are they're not adults yet they're not you know that they're like you said but earlier in this uh, session of just hey they're gonna make mistakes you know they're gonna you know my my kids are far better at life than I was at their age and um, you know but, but they just, still make mistakes but they still make mistakes and you know there's there's even things they tell me and I'm like oh I didn't know you didn't know that mm-hmm. you know but we I would never have known if I didn't if there wasn't a safe environment for them to uh, be able to ask questions and be able to talk about things. Um, and that, that is part of an issue with having seven kids because you think you told them, but you didn't. <laughs> yeah. I told somebody. One of you knows that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it's amazing, you know, what happens. You know, even the conversations we have with, with young kids is, but, but when they get to be teenagers, 
it really does get to be fun and just letting them share their hearts and what in their, you know, it, like, for example, an example of being a listening parent is in it, Suzanne will say to the boys a lot, hey, show me this app you're on. How does it work? You, show me what's happening with this. Tell me what's happening in, with your friends with this, because I don't understand and I want to know. Um, okay, that's a whole lot different than, hey, what's up with this app you've got? Or you can't use that. You know, my friend said that that's bad. Or my, you know, you know, I've researched it and said it's bad. And if you research it, it will say it's bad. And you know what's <laughs> happened with our teenagers, boys? They've made decisions to not use certain apps that we never told them not to use. Because then it leads to a discussion. Well, what? Why are you going to use that app? What are you going to do with it? Well, I what, want to do how's this. It valuable how in your is life? it good for you? Oh, yeah. I get to interact. I get. Otherwise, I can't communicate with this yeah. group of friends or what. Oh, okay. Well, what about? What do you see on that app? Yeah, sometimes there's images that come through that I don't want to see. What are you going to do about that? You know, mm -hmm. is that something you want to keep happening? You know, how what, are you going to protect yourself? What are you going to do with that? And then helping. You know helping them to make those decisions because you're listening and not lecturing. Yeah, that's so good because too often it's just, we feel like it's easier to just say, no, you cannot do this. And, you know, in the kid's brain, they're like maybe going to feel rebellious or maybe they're going to feel not heard or whatever, but it's so much better if you can help them come to the conclusion. With well, those the reality is if they want to do it, they'll figure out a way to do it. Oh yeah. There's underground there's black market. There's all, there's technology that it's so beyond me that I couldn't even begin to find there's no know? way. And so if I don't go after their heart on the issue, then they're, yes. they're, they're going to, they're going to win if you will, if, if we put it as a competition. And so the goal is to, to win them over to well it, it leads to kind of what we talk about with discipline you know we, we talk about discipline when we do things towards the end because everybody wants to talk about it first and in reality if you do if you're being encouraging if you're being inspiring and you're listening discipline becomes much easier because now we're disciplining towards self-control and we're helping them to make wise decisions versus having, you know, most parents think of discipline as control. We think of it more like interactive discipleship. Yeah. Relational. We call it relational discipline because it's yeah. all about the relationship. It goes back to the behavior becomes or creates an opportunity to connect. Which doesn't, you know, which doesn't mean at a young age, you don't tell your child, don't touch that stove. You know, we're not like a bunch of hippies and, try, you know, and just freak or, you know, yeah, yeah. But, but it is more about uh, allowing them to make mistakes and to helping them. Uh, three, Consequences you know, of we their We were just actions. talking to Madeline, our, our yeah. daughter that has the, the grandchildren, the three grandchildren. She's like, her three-year-old already knows age appropriately what, what he can and can't do. And so, um, in fact, he'll say, he told me the other day, he said, um, uh, he said, I forgot what we were, longer story, I won't tell the whole story, but he basically said, he said, Pops, that's what they call me, he said, Pops, he said, um, I'm pretty smart, but I'm not very obedient sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that's really smart. <laughs> we could probably all admit that. <laughs> yeah, because he realizes that she's talked with him about it. She's yeah. had come, hey, Truett, when you do that, you're not being obedient. And so we want to do things that please mommy, that please God, you know, things like we that. We want to be a blessing. Yeah. So we tell them all the time, is that being a blessing? You're not blessing me right yeah. now. You're making a mess. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, and, and you mentioned too, it's, it's not like it's a free for all. You still have boundaries and you still have consequences, but you're talking about it and you're pulling their heart and you're helping them. You're, you're allowing them to make the choice. Right. And they might make the wrong choice, yeah, but they're going to have a consequence. Yeah. Either way. Depends. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, one of the things we talk about in discipline is sometimes there's natural consequences. And just allowing those. And those are our friends. We like natural consequences. (laughs) Yes. That's real world. I mean, once you grow up, that's what you get. You get natural consequences. You speed, you get a ticket. You don't pay your taxes, you get fined. You know, the, you don't pay your bills, it gets turned off. I mean, those are your natural consequences. And so we look for as many of those as we can find um, in their growing up and showing them, oh, that's what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which, you know, that's just discipline. Is It it really is. So, so many parents say, oh, well, you're lowering your standards. And I say, you know, I'm going to bet our standards are as high or higher than you have for your kids. My standard is, is that my kid loves Jesus at a high level. I want the, my kid, my standard is that I want our child, I want to have great relationships with them. I want to have, uh, I want them to invest, to serve the world and to, you know, be servant hearted and humble and all those things. It's not about lowering standards. It's about different ways to maybe, and we think better ways to get there. Right. Yeah, I love that so much. Well, we are almost out of town, town yeah. almost out of time. Yeah, I was about to say, we, yeah. <laughs> and, um, I, I think it's so true what you're saying here is we're, we want our kids to be servant hearted. We want them to love God. We want them to love each other and us. And you have given so many great tips here on where to start? Because, you know, maybe some people are thinking, yeah, but I have a teenager that uh, doesn't talk to me because that's maybe how I've reacted in the past. But I don't think it's ever too late. I I think you can always just start with these at any time. You can start becoming more encouraging. You can start listening. You start winning their heart. You, you may ask them questions and maybe they'll shut down and they don't want to answer you, but you can still keep encouraging. And you can still keep thinking about them in a better way, too. I think that's sometimes a place where we get stuck, too, because maybe we start thinking about our kids as a problem. Yes. And then, then what do we do with problems? Well, we have to solve those problems. Yeah. So good. <laughs> yeah. So good. And that's not good for the kid. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a big reason we did our base camp membership site, because parents get overwhelmed and parenting learning how to parent takes years and, and and decades it doesn't happen in days and weeks you don't go to a parenting seminar and all of a sudden you've revolutionized your parenting and apply it all. Because you have to go <laughs> test it and apply it and get better and like you said a lot of it's inside us changing as well so one of the reasons we did that is we have some we have those we take all that stuff we just taught and we put it in some courses in that base that they can it's free yeah and don't get intimidated by the word course that sounds like a big deal but it's really just videos of us talking and encouraging and lifting parents up and giving them practical things to do along the way yeah i mean just think about what we do even in the course we talk about how what if we just sat across from you for 10 or 15 minutes a week and just said hey try this out mm-hmm. and now the next time we came back and it was another 15 minutes and we said hey try this out and we just sat over and had some coffee and talked about that and then you could go out and apply that that's really what base camp's all about so we can drip 
it into parents over time. It's why we made it free so they can access it anytime for life. And so uh, we would really encourage parents to, we realize we're hitting parents with a lot, a lot of mind shift, a lot of heart shift, and those things take time. So go enjoy that, those resources. So and, tell and, them how. Yeah, basecamp.crazycoolfamily.com. Yep, that's and how you it, can. It, it signs up in about a minute. Yep. And um, and then there's things in there. There's all kinds. There's not only the courses, but there's all kinds of other resources as well. We're always adding to it. But we direct people to those core courses because that's that's how we get the things we taught today inside inside parents so they can learn how to shift their thinking and, and really just become better parents. Like we talked about working hard at the right things. Yeah, that's awesome. That that's so hopeful too, because I remember when I was a young parent in that first blurry decade, um, I would always think, oh my gosh, this would be so much easier if I were perfect. <laughs> <laughs> or them. Maybe it'd be per easier if they were perfect. Yeah, either one would have worked. Either one. Somebody needs to be perfect. <laughs> but, uh, you know, at the same time, that's not really the plan because that's not how we learn and grow. <laughs> you right. know, if we were already perfect, we'd be done. So... Yeah. So it really is a process. It really is a journey of becoming, you know, becoming or closing that gap and getting to that place to that person that we really are. And it is helpful when we have people to encourage us too. You know, I love it that you talk about you could homeschool an hour a week and get a lot done. I mean, I, I think so, it's an hour a day. I mean, an hour a day. I'm sorry, hour a day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hour a week. I, I mean, but you could literally, you could homeschool an hour a day and not six hours a day. You know, not 12 hours, you know, like, so, and that's really so true. We tell parents that too. What if you spent 30 minutes a week, maybe an hour a week? That's where I got the week from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if you yeah. spent an hour a week learning about parenting? What yeah. would that do for you? I mean, don't, in fact, please, parents, don't go spend 12 hours in that week because you'll drink out of a fire hose and you'll get overwhelmed. But what <laughs> yeah. if you just learned a concept? What if you learned about being, and here's some ways to be encouraging. Here's, here's some ways to rethink your discipline a little bit. And then over time, watch how it changes you and watch how it changes your family. Yeah. And your homeschool. It will get yes. a lot easier if yes. you have good relationships with your kids. Yes. You don't have to be the slave driver. Exactly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Exactly. It'll change homeschooling so dramatically. And I think it will just make it more fun. For some of those homeschool moms in particular that are struggling, feeling that guilt, I'm not doing enough, all those things. Can we just release you from that and saying you're doing great? You know, just uh, learn yeah. how to, like we said at the beginning, just relax. Yes. Well, and I think, too, just to wrap this up, it's like if you're a homeschool mom or a dad, it's because you have a good heart. It's not because you're bad. You know, right. it, and that's the same thing with our kids. They have good hearts too. We just need to nourish that and remember that and assume that instead of thinking, oh, this, this kid's bad. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't benefit anybody. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us on your Facebook. We so appreciate you and we love everything you're doing. Building Heroes at Home, incredible. Every single one of your products, it's just everything you've got out there is amazing. So thank you so much for doing that, taking the time and the energy away from your family to build that to encourage and support other families. And I it, and I said it at the, the beginning, if I was homeschooling still, it makes me wish I was homeschooling still. I wish all my little kids were back home again so that I could 
use my curri your curriculum with them. <laughs> oh, I love that. Well, you got grandkids. I don't. I know. I know. Hey, hey, hey! I know. She's told me I can't coach sports teams for the grandkids, <laughs> so no homeschooling grandkids either. <laughs> well, maybe your kids, right? <laughs> Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking time out of your business schedule as well. And I love what you're doing too. And I always just say, you know, I love finding other people who are trying to spread light and truth and strengthen the family, because I think we really need that in this day and age so much. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah. Anything we can do to help you guys, if, if anybody wants to contact us, they can, um, Send us an email to info at crazycoolfamily.com. Uh, we have Facebook, to crazycoolfamily.com, and yeah. Instagram at crazycoolfamily, website www.crazycoolfamily. Just do Crazy Cool Family, yeah. something will show up. <laughs> yeah, because you have a crazy cool family, and that is amazing. <laughs> and so do you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All righty. Thank you so much. Yeah. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that guest training. That is just a sample from what we do every month over at the Hero Journey membership. And so if you're looking for a way for a community where you can just keep making progress every month and making your homeschool um, a beautiful place that you all love and you can build a strong foundation so that you can feel confident in your homeschool, then do go ahead and check out the Hero Journey membership over at buildingheroesathome.com. And I hope you will also go ahead and check out the Crazy Cool Family Base Camp as well, because that's a great way to get started with some more parenting techniques as well. So thanks for listening to the Building Heroes podcast. Can you help more people join the Building Heroes movement by sharing this podcast? More people can find it when you subscribe to the show, rate it, and leave a review. For more help on building heroes in your home, get the free Building Heroes resources at www.buildingheroesacademy.com.